Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Rise Together podcast. I am your solo host this week, Dave Hollis, without Rachel. Where is she? No one knows. knows. Literally no one knows. (laughs) But I have uh, found my way into a room with someone that many of you do know. And if you don't, you need to know him. Lewis Howes. He has an unbelievable podcast, School of Greatness, that just crossed 150 million downloads. Bananas. Uh, also has a New York Times bestselling book, Mask of Masculinity, and has a movie coming out. So we're going to talk about all these things. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Lewis Howes to the podcast. The first time that Lewis and I hung out in person, <laughs> we were doing this thing that at the time to me was honestly a totally foreign idea, this idea of a mastermind. And among the things that we did, we shot guns in the middle of Wyoming. Crazy. I do not have any competency in shooting guns, and yet you and I found ourselves on the podium at the end of this shooting contest. Champions, baby. As it should be. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis. And I'm Dave Hollis. And we're married. For like 15 years. And we have four kids. That's like a thousand kids. We've been foster parents to four kids as well. And we're running a business together. That's a lot of things. It is a lot of things. But we know that it's possible to have an exceptional relationship regardless of the stresses you have in your life. So if you want some tips and tricks on how we get through all the things, this is Rise Together. We actually met before that. That's right. We did. Didn't we? In, in Hollywood. We did. Yeah. We did. We had a, we had a couple chance encounters, but that I didn't know who you were, was, though. I didn't yeah. know who you or Rachel were. Nah. But we we had, a, wasn't it a premiere or something? We, we like rolled up and yeah. had a quick conversation at a, at a premiere, but it wasn't until we had until some emails, we were, too, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But it was more like, it was casual stuff. Yeah, it yeah. was like acquaintance stuff. Yeah. And the opportunity to sit in these, like, pause your life, mm-hmm. get away from the distractions of every day, and lean into creating a table where mm-hmm. you're bringing people together that might push you to think differently, challenge yeah. you to be uh, maybe more courageous than you sometimes are in pursuing your business or your life. That was a setting where we got to know each other well, which is great. I mean, let's start there because this is Rise yeah. Together, right? Yeah. It's a relationship podcast, but here we are in real time sitting in Puerto Rico around a table where there are people who have a, just a wild diversity of experience many of whom are stronger than each of us mm-hmm. in certain disciplines of their individual yeah. business and that coming together to have their expertise rub off on us is a thing that we're doing now for the third time together third and, time. and I've, I've done it before I'm sure you've done it other times too mm-hmm. but let's talk about just the idea of getting yourself in a circle of people that are going to challenge you well I'll just share my perspective my first time I did a mastermind I was like nervous kind of the way you were the probably the first time at the Wyoming Mastermind, you yeah. were like, I'm entering this new business space. You had this skill set that wasn't being leveraged probably in the best way because you were just repeating the same thing over and over and applying this knowledge to the same thing, but it didn't seem like it was fulfilling you. It wasn't. Oh, yeah. And you were also like, it wasn't fulfilling me, but it was like the, one of the biggest companies. It was so much money. And then you're like, well, now I'm going to go work essentially for my wife. Yeah. And you were so nervous about what do I, can I translate this over? Can we make money doing this? Can we do the coaching thing? Should we, you know, we're just a book company and an yeah. event company. And you were super nervous and apprehensive of whether you should take advice on some of these things. 
But then you did it, and it's like it's been amazing to watch you just blow up personally. Yeah, definitely. The first time we were hanging out was coming in with this. I don't even know what the idea of sitting around a table with strangers <laughs> looks like, and shooting guns. And <laughs> yeah, we're shooting guns. Fly we're fishing. fly fishing. We're doing like there was fun stuff, but then there was also the challenge of like being in a hot seat and representing mm-hmm. honestly to people that I was just building relationships with my insecurities about yeah. what it would take. You know, this is two years ago now, but it was, hey, I've just come into the space. I don't know it. I'm unfamiliar with it. You, all of you, mm-hmm. you included, you've been doing this for a longer yeah. period of time. Breathe some confidence into me. Breathe some perspective into me. Breathe some expertise into me. And there were things that I came in to that conversation with that were just absolute blocks. Mm-hmm. There's no way that our business could think about doing something like this yet. And it was the encouragement of the yeah. crew that was like, you got to go run, man. Go chase these things. Yeah, I think it's, I think the most powerful relationships come from vulnerable moments. And the most powerful opportunities come from vulnerable moments. Yeah. And at least I know from my experience in my intimate relationship with my girlfriend. I don't think we would be as connected and as strong if both of us weren't vulnerable at different times early on. Yeah. I remember I've never really been celebrated on my birthday. My father had gave, I remember I have one photo when I was like five of a cake in front of me that said like happy birthday or Lewis or with candles, right? But I don't remember any birthdays where I had a cake and presents. Mm. But I have a photo of before memory, right? And I remember one time I asked my dad, I, when I was like 9, 10, 11 or something, I go, Dad, why don't you celebrate my birthday? Do you not love me? Because Ugh. I would go to other kids' birthday parties and I'd be like, it's my birthday. There's no kids around. There's no presents. There's no balloons, no cake. And I was like, do you not love me? And he said, of course I love you. I want to celebrate you every day. And I don't want your age to limit you from your dreams. Mm. So he sat me down and he said, this is why I tuck you into bed every night and tell you I love you. This is why I come home from work and I take my coat jacket off, roll my sleeves up and we play catch in the backyard. This is why I do these other things. But it was like a vulnerable moment for us to get more connected. And when I last year, um, my girlfriend surprised me with like this solo party where she decorated my entire place. I woke up to decorations, balloons, cakes, <laughs> confetti. Where am I? And and I was just like laughing the whole time because I was like, this is crazy. I've never had something like this. Yeah. And I sit down on the couch just like smiling like a little kid. And she's like, wait, but I'm not done. There's more, right? And she brings me this huge box and she puts it on my lap and I open the box and there's just filled with gifts. Ugh. And I'm opening these gifts like one by one, unwrapping them and by the second, third gift, I just start bawling. For 20 minutes, I stop. I just start crying. She's hugging me. I'm like crying in her shoulders, feeling super vulnerable. She's probably like, what is going on? Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> did you uh, not like the watch? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I remember just being like, no one's ever done something like this for me. Yeah. Been this like giving, this loving. I'm, and I always feel like I'm giving to so many people. And it's not like I needed it, but it was just like, a vulnerable moment for me to receive something like sure. that. You and probably needed it on some level. Maybe it's I did. okay to say that. I mean, but it's the expression is a reflection of maybe how much the times of not getting it were maybe. now showing up in that it moment. Was crazy. But it's be- that's beautiful. But that vulnerable moment of me crying within the first couple months of us meeting. Yeah. Which was kind of 
probably something I would never do in an intimate relationship. You know, you want to put your best foot forward. Sure, yeah. You want to like show you're yeah. the man, whatever. Right. And then I'm literally weeping for 20 minutes. I couldn't stop it. But it weeping. connected you. It, and, and she would always say like, that was the moment I like fell in love with you uh, the most. Yeah. Right. Not like just being a giving, giving person to her or being kind or whatever, but the moment that I revealed myself. And when you revealed yourself to us, it was like, wow, you know, it's really powerful to witness. Yeah, but I don't know how you do it, man. What's thanks. the advice you have for me if I'm going to have five kids in the future? And Well, I mean, the, the true reality is I don't believe in this idea of balance. Like, I just don't There's think no such... that balance exists. But I really, we are pursuing centeredness on an every mm. single day basis. And like you, we've got a set of habits and routines that we are mm. religious about on an every single day basis. Yeah. And those habits inform how we hope to have every single day. Not they even keep, hope, they how keep... we intend to have every single day. So what's the difference between balance and centeredness? Well, balance is this idea that you can maintain something that keeps like life happening at home and life happening at work or the commitments that you have with your kids and the commitments that you have with your employees equal, even. Yeah, and there is never any, any equal. On the whole, yes, like I'd love to get to a place where balance on the whole is possible, but... Any given day or any given week, the, the world does not bend to mm -hmm. making balance a possibility for our lives. Yeah. And so in real time, I'm out of town. Rachel's out of town. My niece is hanging out with our kids for a single night while we finish up this time together in Puerto Rico. I got to get home tonight because wow. there is, you know, me as the person who's going to be there tomorrow. But knowing that, hey, we're going to have times where we have to run faster yeah. and... and it forces then, if you know that you're going to have to run faster at certain times for work, then you have to be even more intentional in how you're going to connect with each of the individual kids mm -hmm. on the times when you're not doing that. So mm -hmm. my best and biggest advice is I came into fatherhood thinking I'm going to be a dad like my dad, who was amazing, is amazing, and universally have a relationship with my kids that is static across all four. And my kids are wired wildly differently. Yeah. Some want to so hang out with you more. Some want to be alone in their room more. Yeah, they're just just even wiring, right? Like my oldest son and my middle son and my youngest son, they are into entirely different things. Mm -hmm. My youngest son is the outdoorsman adventure, wants to like not really do anything that doesn't involve running outside, being outside, playing outside. He's the Cub Scout guy. Middle son, he is crazy about sports. Like, so he and us, like, we're out there with the catch or kicking balls into a soccer net or whatever it might be. And my oldest son does have, he has zero interest for sports, but he is wildly into theater, musical mm -hmm. theater. He's really into, like, the things that he can do inside of, like, a scholastic wow. window space. So when we hang out, having individual time with each of them and meeting them where they need to be met, that's the most, 100% the most important thing. What do you think has been the biggest challenge over the last couple of years? I'm trying to get advice for my future. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how you do all the kids and then how do you have time together when well, you're both overly balanced, overly busy on an extremely unbalanced way? Yeah. Well, how do you stay intimate? We and have vulnerable? so I mean, like we have some. How do you rise together? You yeah, know? right. So, <laughs> we, I mean, there are some mandatories. There are some like absolutes every single time when we're in town. When the business affords it, we have dinner every single night around a dinner table without technology at six six thirty p.m. Mm, that's cool. Like it's just a standing. When you're thing. all in the same place. Yeah, when we're all in the same place. And here's the thing: as much as there's chaos and craziness, we're actually in the same place way more than we're not. Oh, that's good. So good. Good news. And even if it means like 
oh, one of us, Rachel or I, have some event or thing that we have to go travel and do. The other of us is hosting that family dinner mm. around the dinner table at that time. Technology in our house has really strict limits mm. because, God bless my kids, any kids, they would be on those devices all, day. all the time. All day. So at 7 o'clock, the technology goes off and they have then that window of time where you want to read a book, you want to play a board game, you want to like my ability to connect with my kids just because of when school starts and how work ends. It's really confined to what happens between dinner and bedtime. Wow. And so, yep, we're having dinner intentionally on an every single night basis every time we can forcing conversation. They don't even, you know, they're not really offering necessarily. So we have to do a best party day, worst party day, or give me the three things that you're grateful for. Like we kind of try and mix it up, but there's something conversationally that's pulling at a thread that maybe reveals a little bit of what's uh-huh. actually happening in their life. And then you tra- transition into the evening and the evening honestly is, is there a way to meet them in something that they are excited about? So that whatever they were unwilling to reveal at the dinner table, now that you're talking about Fortnite, we're not playing it. Now that we're playing a board game that they've picked, is there a way potentially now that they're doing what they want to do that they might offer? Yeah. Yeah. And then Billy, that kid, he was doing this (laughs) at school. And I asked some follow-up questions like, who's this Billy? Where does he live? Do I need to talk to his parents? What like, but it, you know, it just, you have to be intentional. And, And for Rachel and I, we have a standing date night, Right. Every single Thursday night, no matter what, it is a thing that we do, especially in the last couple of years while we have had to mm-hmm. learn how to work together, which has been the best and hardest. Wow. We've had plenty of date nights where we love each other more than we like each other because sometimes we've had really hard conversations all day, but we are committed to intimacy as an important part of our relationship and the consistency of connecting in a date night. Wow. So we're doing it. So no matter what happens with how crazy your schedule gets, once you introduce children, identify the things that are like the most important parts of your relationship values Mm -hmm. and then have a calendar that's a reflection of it. Yeah. Schedule things in. Right. Schedule things in. It's not going to happen every week, but schedule things in. Yeah. Right. One of the things for us as a couple that has been unbelievable for pushing us closer together is chasing physical challenges together. Mm-hmm. We went and did that mountain climbing thing with Jesse and it crazy, was bananas. Man. I know you've done it a couple of times. We're, uh, I'm running a marathon here very, very shortly and we've been training together wow. for that marathon. Um, but I saw, speaking of Jesse, that you just got to have this mm-hmm. experience inside of a, a another mastermind-ish mm-hmm. kind of group with... Iceman Hoff and like for me what like felt like pushing yourself wildly beyond what I would have probably thought myself capable of before the trip <laughs> tell, talk to what well, just tell people a little bit about what you did because so I what, like I was so fascinated by it but like the power of your greatness emerging in environments where you're pushed beyond your limits so I always want to challenge myself every year and do something physically and mentally different or challenging like Jesse's 29029. I did that the last couple of years. And I'm always, I'm not into the Ironmans yet or the marathons yet. So I'm like, okay, what's the thing that is uncomfortable, but I still want to do because I just don't want to do a marathon for yep. me. I'm Clydesdale, man. I'm too big for that. I don't know how you do it. So <laughs> I, so I'm, I interviewed the Iceman Wim Hof for uh, twice. And the second time was a year ago. And his son was there who runs his business. 
And afterwards, they were like, we really like you, Lewis. We really like doing this. Like, thank you. Like, we'd love to do more stuff. And I said, it'd be great to bring a group of influencers to Poland and experience this with you. If someone do doesn't know who Iceman Hoff is. So Wim Hoff is this guy uh, from the Netherlands who has broken something like 20-something world records for cold ice challenges like he'll hold his breath under the water for the longest under ice water freezing ice water he'll cut a hole in the the ice in the arctic and swim the farthest under it like the farthest distance he'll sit in blocks of ice surrounding him all the way up to his neck for the longest i think it was like 15 hours or something crazy and his core temperature won't change so i was like i want to learn how to do this yeah I want to do a master class and a boot camp in this type of mindset training. I'm not a fan of the cold. I moved to LA from Ohio. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. But it's going to challenge me. And so I said to his son, I was texting with his son like every couple of months. Okay, when can we do this? When can the dates be? You know, we're talking January, February. We're just like going back and forth trying to figure out. I've got a big, busy schedule. Wim is like traveling the world with every celebrity coaching them. He coaches like Jim Carrey and all, you know, when the Paltrow. And I was like, okay, when can I get a group of guys together too to fly across the world to do this? So we go back and forth. We're like, what about this date, this date? And it comes down to Thanksgiving of last year, the end of the year. And I go, let's just pick a date. Yeah. And he goes, these are the only dates are free, January 5th through the 10th. And I go, book it. And I have no one confirmed. <laughs> this is a month, six weeks before, maybe five weeks, and I have no one confirmed. And I just start texting people the whole weekend. I text maybe like 18, 20 guys, and 13 of them confirm like quickly. So crazy. And I go, you got to make this happen. And so for whatever reason, whether it was like the holiday season and people were just like, yeah. And I was like going hard. This is a new year, new decade. We're going to train our mind and our bodies to overcome any challenge that comes our way. You're going to become superhuman. I was good at selling it, right? Yeah. And they were excited about it. They knew the power of Wim Hof. And these were guys like Aubrey Marcus, Jesse Itzler, Mike Posner. Um, Posner was there. Posner was there, man. He crossed, walked across America this year. I am, I am manifesting a friendship with Mike Dude, Posner. I'll make it happen. Period. I'll connect you guys. He's unbelievable, man. I keep reflecting it. It was probably the most powerful week of my life. Every moment was awe-inspiring, and I don't take that lightly. I've had some powerful weeks from moments of, like, playoff weeks, playing football, from going to national championships, from playing with, like, USA handball across the world. Um, I don't know. I've had some really good weeks in business, but it was, like, moment by moment. It was like being in Wyoming with that group, yeah. But going through extreme challenges together, you know what it is like. You, these guys, challenge. just to paint a picture, these guys are in the middle of the night in the dark, in jumping the off of a cliff into freezing water, walking up a mountain Four and a half without hours. shirts on in, in snow, negative temperatures. Yeah, it was crazy. We were at the top of this mountain. I we went to the top. It took like four hours to get to the top. Ice, snow, the whole thing. And I'm thinking, this is going to be hard. But that was the end of the week. So we were training in the cold the whole week. And it wasn't that bad. As long as you have gloves and a hat and you're wearing shoes, it wasn't that bad. Um, it was cold, but it was like, okay, like we're breathing, we're talking, we're in this together. We get to the top. There is a lodge. 
and literally the winds start blowing us over. We can't even get into the door of the lodge because the winds are so powerful. <laughs> and that's not the top. There's still like the summit, which is another, I don't know, quarter of a mile straight up with no trees, no wind protection, where we had trees blocking the wind going up there. We go into the lodge, which was probably a bad move because we start to get warm for 30 minutes. We start warming up. We're like breathing. We're chanting. All the locals are like, these people are crazy. They're yep. naked and they're on full ski outfits. And we're breathing, chanting with like ice spikes on our feet. And we're like, we're going up. And I'm like, I'm warm right now. Let's stay in here. But we climb the rest of this. The wind is literally blowing us over. You have to hold a rope climbing each step. And you can't see the top. So you're just one step at a time. Like how much farther we go. The locals are coming down in full ski mask, full outfits, covered head to toe thinking we are crazy. Of course. But it was one of the most fulfilling feelings to get to the top with everyone just half naked. There's something great about like, again, like I only did the, you know, mountain climbing thing with Jesse, but watching you guys, it was crazy. I was watching through the lens of you're pushing yourselves beyond the limits of what you previously thought was possible, which now affords you this opportunity to fully reset Mm -hmm. what you believe you are capable of. Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine how much more now you think you'll be able to take on coming out of Climbing mountains without shirts on and jumping, jumping into, into freezing, freezing cold water. It's it's it it's crazy, bananas. man. So that was an amazing experience. And we were we would every day there was a challenge. There was breathing for about an hour and a half, like teaching us how to breathe, teaching us how to hold our breath without air. So breathe all the way out, hold uh, for as long as you can. Teaching us about the mind training. It was just crazy to do it in a room full of people with thirteen men going through this experience. It was so magical. And then we'd go out and do some ice challenge later. So we had all this time in between the breathing and some ice challenge where we'd connect for a few hours. Uh, Mike Posner's playing music by campfire. We're all just sharing and opening up. It was so a good. crazy, so good, crazy experience. I was, I was training for this marathon last weekend and I hit this point where, man, it was like, it was way more mental than it was physical. <laughs> And Posner's Live Before Your Die comes on. And if you haven't heard the song, it's a fantastic song, but like he is embodying in real time this mantra, this belief Uh in like, I'm going to live before I die. Jesse Itzler's got his building his life resume. You guys are doing these things. It's happening against the backdrop of, I know you interviewed Kobe, right? Mm -hmm. Like Kobe dies unexpectedly. It changes the way that humanity is contemplating mortality, Mm -hmm. but is like, some of this, like, is there a part of you now that's like, man, renewed sense of urgency to to live? It was, I mean, it's been one of the most challenging months for me. But for some reason, that training in Poland really armed me with a protection or uh, an ability that I don't feel like I've had before. Last year was really challenging in its own ways. This last month for me was just challenging my... My, I, my girlfriend moved to L.A. on Christmas Day by essentially force because we were supposed to come a few days later in a more relaxed state after I met the family in the middle of Mexico. She's from Mexico. Um, 
and she had more time to pack. But we moved on Christmas because our dog broke its leg Christmas Eve. Oh, man. We're in the middle of the animal hospital at like midnight Christmas Eve. So we make a decision last minute. Okay, let's book a last minute flight to go back to L.A. so we can get proper surgery and care there. So we don't have Christmas with our family. We leave at like noon. She kind of grabs a couple bags, throws some stuff in it. She doesn't have her stuff. She goes away for a job on New Year's Eve for a few days. Then I go to Poland for a week. So she's kind of left alone in L.A. with no really clothes. Welcome to L.A. Welcome. (laughs) Like, we're going to have an amazing life together, right? Right. It was an experience because I I knew it was going to be a challenging transition for someone to move cultures, move countries, move their life, stop a career where they were the top of their game and live with me. But I didn't know it was going to be this challenging. Yeah. But the experience that Wim Hof created has armed me with a patience that I've never had before. Ooh, that's good. Like, I'm... Divine time, man. It has been, been, because I am like, normally I would just be like, what? You don't understand me? And I would get defensive, but I'm just like, okay, let me listen. Yeah. Let me learn. How can I be more compassionate? How can I be more patient? And my life has been turned upside down with this dog, you know, recovering with her moving and being figuring her life out and figuring out a new identity with me. Uh, And then Kobe died, right? Kobe died two weeks ago. And then she had three days later, she's been, she bought a house for her mom in Mexico and has been renovating it for the last four months. And there's been a crew of five men working on it. Four of the five men died in a car accident three days after Kobe. Oh my goodness. In cartel gunfire oh my goodness mexican cartel gunfire so it has been a month of wow craziness crazy and when kobe passed i literally sat in front of the tv for two days and watched espn everything yeah i was like so heartbroken i you know he messaged me on instagram telling me you know he followed me on instagram after we did the interview with him which i was like you only follow a few hundred people you don't need to follow me and messaging me about how inspired he was, he wants to do more stuff together. I was supposed to interview him again a couple months prior because he had a book coming out. And I was at my event in Ohio and it was gonna have to fly back. It was gonna be really hard timing. And I was like, I'm gonna do more stuff with him in the future. Yeah. And unfortunately I didn't have the opportunity, but I did get a chance to meet him. And he was probably one of the most, I always said before he passed, that he was my most inspiring interview because of the, how I met him. I met him, the, um, it was like 6.15 in the morning when I got to his office. The night before, the, the PR team reached out and said, hey, Kobe's got a podcast for kids coming out. We want you to do an interview, but he's only free something like 30 days out. Can you do it then? And I said, call them back the person who was on my team, I said, call them back and do not hang up the phone until you say we'll be there first thing in the morning. Yeah. Because if we schedule this 30 days out, it's not going to happen. Yeah. We need to do this now because the podcast has just launched. We've got to do this now. Do not hang up the phone until you commit till tomorrow morning with them. So we they commit. And I'm like, awesome. So I'm going to drive down to Orange County. I'm going to get there super early. I get up at 5 a.m. I drive down there. get there at like 6.15 in his office. I'm thinking it's supposed to be an 8 o'clock start. I'm like, I'm going to get there super early. Be set up, be prepared, have everything ready. 
And I'm the assistant's there early to let me in because I said, I will be there at this time. So they get there early to let me in. Now, it's a big office space. They say, here's a place where we typically do interviews. I didn't like the space. It didn't look good. So I said, can I walk around the office and see if there's a better space? She said, sure. No one is in this office. I'm walking around. She's turning on the lights. There's big um, a hallway that goes all the way down at one section with windows into offices on each side. Now we walk down and they're all the lights are turned off on these windows and we walk back because I didn't like the area over there. And I glance over to my left as we're walking back in the hallway and I see a shadow in the back of this dark room. And I go, I was like, it's Kobe. Like he's here. <laughs> I was like, I didn't think anyone was there. Yeah. And I go to the assistant, I go, is that Kobe? And she goes, yeah. I'm like, he literally was like this. He had his hands like this. He was sitting at his desk in the back of the room, lights off, no computer screen on, no phone in his hand, just sitting up dreaming. I go, wow, what is he doing? It's 6.15. She goes, oh, he's been here for an hour. And I go, what? Now, this guy has five NBA championships, an Oscar, you know, more money than God, essentially, and one of the most iconic athletes in the world. And I go, why is he here at 5.15 a.m.? He said, and she said, oh, he was working out with his daughter at four. Oh, the Goodness. one who passed as well. Yeah. She's like, he was working out at four, and then he gets here. He's always the first one here. I go, what? Man. This is a 40-year-old man who has nothing to prove. Wired for it. And I go, and he sat in there for the next hour and a half until our interview. And the lights finally came on 15 minutes before our interview. I couldn't see inside there because I was just a little bit away to be able to see him, but I saw the lights were off the whole time. I'm setting up. I've got everything ready. Now, I'm sitting on my chair like this, and his office is kind of in the corner over there, so I can see the lights are off. But there's no movement because he's in the back, hidden. And I'm just waiting for the lights to come on, waiting for this figure to come out for an hour and a half. People are coming in now. There's some commotion in the office. Little Wayne was doing an interview with him right afterwards, so there's like 20-person production crew setting up in another corner. And me and my, like, one camera and a couple of mics, you know, it's like this <laughs> little podcast. It's like this huge production over there. And I'm just thinking, this is crazy town. Now the publicist comes up to me and she says, you've only got 20 minutes. Here's a list. It was literally like a two-page list of everything I can't talk about. <laughs> From his past to his parents to this to yeah. that. Yeah. You cannot ask these questions. I'm like, and she's like, we've got a hard cutoff. Little Wayne's right there, like getting ready. Good luck. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, here you go. He's coming out in three minutes. Like it was timed to perfection. Yeah. He, the lights come on. He comes out literally like three minutes before we start. And I know I've got three minutes with him. And I say, I've got to find a way to connect with this iconic figure in three minutes to make sure that we get the best interview possible. Yeah. Because 20 minutes is not enough time, as you know, yeah. to get anything out of anyone. You can ask three questions and that's 20 minutes. Yeah. And I remember saying to myself, like, I just got to connect to his heart. So right away, I just said, hey, man, you know, he shook my hand. He was like, thank you so much for being here. And I said, I just want to acknowledge you because I have a lot of Olympic friends. I play in the USA handball team. And I have a lot of Olympic friends who say that you're always so giving during the Olympics. You walk through the, uh, the food court at every time, the Olympic uh, village. village. Yeah. You say hi to everyone. You take photos with everyone. You go watch other people's sports. You're cheering people on. I just want to say it's like the coolest thing. And a lot of my friends say it was the greatest memory of the Olympics because of you. And he was like, man, it's so kind of you to say. 
and you play handball? He's like, I grew up in Italy, and that was like one of my favorite sports. I played handball myself. Connected immediately. I was like, no way. That's amazing. <laughs> and uh, I was like, you know, we've had some a lot of great athletes on here. So thank you again for being like another great athlete on here. And the publicist was like, who else have you interviewed who's an athlete? And I, and I knew who he followed on Instagram. So I just mentioned the names that I've interviewed that he followed. I was like, Novak Djokovic and this. And she goes, he stops me. He goes, Novak is my boy. The guy's a machine in the tennis court. And um, so we connected really quickly, and, and I just said, you know, your, your team gave me a list of all these questions not to ask. Is there anything else off limits? And he goes, he looks me in the eyes, he goes, ask me whatever you want. And I was like, wow, Let's this go. is crazy, man. <laughs> so we had this amazing three-minute connection. It was an amazing interview, honestly. And if anyone listening yeah. has not listened to that interview, it was an amazing interview. He's talking about love and intimacy and all these other things that I never heard someone like that talk about yeah so for me it was a powerful experience it's like a 41 year old who was in the top of the world who had everything family money fame accomplishments for him to be gone like that it really hit me hard and obviously i wasn't close with him but i had this moment with him that really inspired me and yeah. it hit me hard because man we just never know yeah we never know and it also reminds me not to let things hold me down too long little things don't matter when you get don't the matter, reminder man. like that for sure don't matter so all right greatness is your thing it yeah, is the man. thing you have been on i mean your commitment to the school of greatness i mean like it's what seven years eight it's been years? seven years a couple weeks ago that's yeah, man. unreal 900 like, something episodes that is commitment <laughs> Uh, you're introducing something new inside of this greatness space yeah. with the launch of greatness.com and a movie that's coming out. Mm-hmm. What is this? Thank Tell you. the people who have not seen or are not aware yet of what's happening. What's happening? Um, I launched a movie. I know you guys did this a couple of years ago. So I reached out to you when I was, when I was creating it. I didn't know you guys had a movie when I was making mine. Then you guys came out with one and I was like, shoot, I'm doing one too. And I was like, I'll just follow what you guys did. Let's go. And uh, man, it's been challenging. Because I have no clue what I'm doing. So we, we started filming a couple years ago. And I just said, you know what? I want to create a movie kind of like The Secret, but on steroids. So how do I create that? I, didn't, I have no clue. So I found a Hollywood film documentary filmmaker that I really liked. He did a bunch of other big kind of like music documentaries. And I liked his style. And I was just like, this is my vision. This is my dream. I want to do it. And he said, okay, who's the investor? I go, me. Because... Everyone told yep. me, don't invest your own money. You know this. Yep. It's like, never invest your own money in a movie or very little. Um, and I was just like, no, I want to be able to do this whole thing from scratch. And uh, it's been an amazing experience, learning experience. We're launching it uh, very soon. It's coming out on greatness.com. So I had this vision years ago. I acquired greatness.com. I bought it. And I was just like, I want to own this space in the media in that word. Yeah. You know, success has its word entrepreneur.com has a word. I was like, I want to own greatness. I've been building school of greatness for years. And I think that's, what's really going to take me from just being a personal brand to a bigger brand. Yeah. As opposed to just using my name. And I know the name is going to go very far. I mean, like Martha Stewart and all these designer brands, they're all from first and last names, but I feel like you can do more with a word. i I'm here for it, man. You know what I mean? It's, I mean, plus it just like... <laughs> and it removes me in the future. It's for, something that's sellable. Sure. It's like, it's something that can be bigger and more iconic, I think. Yeah. 
So it was a business decision to, to acquire greatness.com. And I was like, what's the best way to launch this? I've always wanted to try a documentary. Let's launch it on top of that. And then it'll be phase two and three after that. Yeah. But the first thing is a movie. We're launching it at the Grove. We're doing a premiere. And then... Um, and the movie is like a little <clears throat> story of your life. Yep. And a lot of greatest greatness people yeah. assembled talking about their experiences and ascending to greatness, yeah, which I how, think is amazing. And how to overcome self-doubt, fear, insecurity, adversity. Like, what do you do in those moments of extreme adversity? And what are the keys to overcoming that self-doubt and insecurity to achieve what you're born to achieve? Yeah. So I wanted to tell the story in a different way. And it's funny, I, I was like, I don't want this to be all about me. I don't want to be on the camera. But the documentary guys were like, you got to have some storyline. Yep. So we've got to tell some story in there. And so, you know, I open up about a lot of stuff, but it's... Um, it's a good blend of like a yeah. story arc of your ascending to greatness peppered with a lot of other people's objective mm -hmm. opinions on what it takes to become great yeah. with encouragement around getting past fear and mm -hmm. becoming comfortable with identity, owning vulnerability, a whole host of things. Right, but right. the nice thing is <clears throat> Lewis has decided to make this movie available for $0 and zero cents. Free. Man. Free. If you're listening, roll to greatness.com. You just drop in an email and immediately you get That's access it. to this movie. It. And uh, it's and it's great. I'm, I'm excited Thanks, for you. You're it's one of the few people have watched it. I know. I got it early. early. And I was and like... We've we changed it since then, too. So it's even better now. I'll have to watch it again. Exactly. I'll have to watch it again. Lewis, man, thank you for being here, brother. You, I appreciate, appreciate you. you. I appreciate safe. the work you're doing in this world. If you do not follow Lewis Howes, go on to Instagram. Follow Lewis. He is putting up... Things that will make you smile. Things that will make you feel the way you hope to feel every single day. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Rise Together podcast. If you like this episode, if you got something good from this episode, and I know you did, please share it in your socials. Tell every human being that you've ever met in your entire life and tag <laughs> me and Lewis. Tag Rachel. Tell her what she missed out on. Yeah. I'm not being here today. Where are you at, Rachel? We will, and I say we, Rachel Hollis and I, be back next week for another episode of the Rise Together podcast. We appreciate you all. Thanks for hanging out.